And this week on The Business of Lifting Weights, we sit down and discuss how to properly handle competition in your marketplace. What's going on, guys? This is Dave Thomas. And this is Brian Pritz. We are owners of Performance 360 in Pacific Beach, San Diego. We're back with episode 36 of the Business of Lifting Weights. Today, we're going to be talking about how to handle competition that's close to you. Yes, we are. <laughs> I was just Dynamite thinking you. Drop in, Monty. I was just thinking you always like end the intro with like a pause as if like I'm supposed to jump in. Yeah. But it's never an area that I can yeah, really jump really into. Yeah, really no lead in. Yeah. So, yes, we are. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, so, yeah, we've actually, I don't think we've ever really talked directly about our strategy of dealing with competition. We're in a crazy competitive market in San Diego. Take this with a grain of salt because I, I don't know it for a fact, but I recall when we opened, I remember seeing that Denver was the highest, high, was the most competitive market per capita, mm-hmm. and San Diego was right behind it. Mm-hmm. So who knows if that's true? Point being, it's a really hard market. I would say from when we opened to now, the competition has gotten significantly, like more mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, more saturated. Yeah, I mean, just with the, I don't know if it's just popularity of fitness, but yeah. the amount of of gyms and opportunities for people to go elsewhere surrounding us since we've opened has just exploded and the old threat used to be like 24 hour fitness Mm -hmm. or globo gym, stuff like that. That is just a distant memory. You're always going to lose people who want to shop on, you know, cheapest price here price. Yep. Be able to go and do whatever they want with no kind of like pressure, if you will. But yeah, um, it's been, I think we've learned a lot about how to deal with competitors, you know, I think we've never done a competition episode because, quite frankly, we don't think about our competitors. Yeah. And um, so I think that's kind of what it's going to be about. It's like how to not think about them. Yep. Um, And just certain strategies and things we've done for different types of competitors. Well, you know, going back to when we first opened, you know, six and a half years ago, did you notice any of the other gyms in the area do anything to combat us, if you will? Other than bad-mouthing us. Right. That yeah. was that was the main thing. And I actually want to touch on that a little bit later. You, you never want to do that. That right. is just like very detrimental to your own business. Um, but that was the only thing that we really noticed was local gyms were kind of bad-mouthing us. And we were, you know, we were a small fish in a big sea at that time. Um, you know, if they were to look at us, they would have probably been like, oh, these chumps, just another gym that's going to come and go. Um, but obviously we didn't. Right. And, you know, I think you were, you bring up a really good point, you know, never let your competitors do their thing. You do your thing. That's, I think both of our very like rabid philosophy. We've never marketed against anything. Mm -hmm. We've never proposed our style of training versus another, Mm -hmm. um, in a in a head-on confrontational style of of branding, right? Um, you know, so just to kind of give people an idea, performance three hundred and sixty. Uh, we have a lot of different influences in our training, from traditional periodization to uh, constantly varied CrossFit style thinking. There's, you know, we have a lot going on in our training. So 
we are independent, but because we're, you know, people don't look at us and say, I'm going to go do CrossFit. I'm going to go do, you know, I'm going to Performance 360 because right. we're not a CrossFit gym. Right. They don't say, I want to go to a kettlebell gym, so I'm going to go to Performance 360. We don't really have like that, this is our thing. Right. And that makes marketing challenging, which is why we historically don't. Right. Um, and it, it also makes it hard because everybody is kind of a competitor. Right. So, yeah, it's definitely a challenging thing to try to stand out in a market that's super busy. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at that and it's like, you know, we always talk you never want to be – you know, average at everything. Um, I, I don't think that necessarily applies to us because we are, you know, while we take from a lot of different school of thoughts and blend it into our own thing, we are the best at that, at mm -hmm. what we do with that. Um, so I think we get a large, diverse group of people being like, I want to be the all around athlete. I don't want to be just like, you know, really good at powerlifting. I don't want to be because if if you're if you want to be a competitive powerlifter, you'll probably go to a powerlifting gym. You know, if you want to be a you know professional Olympic weightlifter, you're going to go to somewhere else. But for those people that want to be, yeah, that's you know, just to that is completely true. We've had a lot of people compete in powerlifting and weightlifting at the gym and do really well, but right. they've grown. They've grown from just wanting to be all around fit. They right. didn't come in with that goal. Absolutely. So they didn't seek us for that goal. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so it's like we, we've blended our own style and we are the best at providing like an all around experience for people. And I think that's important um, because while we do, that makes us have more competitors. It also allows us to draw a large group of people in. Mm -hmm. um, which obviously helps us. So th there, it's a it's a pro con game with that for sure. So when we first opened 2011, we we've gone over this story before. The first few episodes, we were in a spot that was kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, so we got no no drive by traffic. And when I say no, we truly mean zero. Zero. No, we had one person that moved here from Wisconsin. They went on a run and somehow ended up back in our little Must spot. Must have lost. What's that? Must have gotten lost. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, they joined, and then one month later, they moved back to Wisconsin. Nice, so nice. That was our that was our one. So, you know, we've talked about this before, how that was the biggest blessing in disguise because it really forced us to focus in on who we are and what we do mm -hmm. in order to get our message out. And before we get into that, we'll kind of talk about the the landscape of competition. So at the time, really the only other functional slash CrossFit gym um, I'm not going to name them by name, but they were in Pacific beach as well, probably mm -hmm. like one or two miles away. Yep. And they were also relatively brand new and, you know, I don't want this to be a, a whole episode on that, but like we had received, you know, word from people who had tried that gym and had significant others at that gym that they, it was not uncommon for them to speak poorly about us. Yeah. Just openly, like yeah. not in private conversations that were overheard. It was just they were talking to members about, yeah. you know, kind of bad-mouthing us to, to their members. So I, I didn't think of them as competitors when we opened, no. but all of a sudden they quickly became that. Right. Because we were like, okay, you know, if, it, if this is our competitive landscape and this message is being put out, then we need to, we need to really counter that. And right. it wasn't like a, we're going to talk bad about them because no. that that's not our thing. It was how can we clearly identify our message? Yep. So this become more philosophy kind of got got born mm -hmm. and that's always been our focus in our marketing is you know it goes back to that 
people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Yep. And I also believe that people buy from people and not businesses. Yep. So I think it's extremely important that you identify what makes you unique. Why are you in business? You know, for a CrossFit gym that's listening to this, nowadays you're competing with a CrossFit gym that's within two miles. Yep. So yeah, you guys are part of the same community, but shit, I'm willing to guarantee you want their members because you open this business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't differentiate on I'm a CrossFit gym because so is Tom's CrossFit gym. Right. That's in your zip code. So where do you differentiate? Why are people going to come to your gym? Yes, you can re you can try to have that angle be better coaching, better instruction, better workouts. That's a really hard message to send to the marketplace because the average person has no fucking idea the difference between a five by five back squat and you know a five by three. You know what I'm saying? Like right. they don't care and they don't know, and right. that, that's not something that they're shopping on. They assume that you're going to be good at fitness. They right. might discover after you're there that you're really good or that you're really not good, but right. they assume that going into it. Yep. So what are you going to differentiate on? We have found that you really want to dive deep into like really passionately, why did you start the gym and, and why, what do you want people to experience at your gym? You know, our founding story is something that we have made the forefront of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for lack of a better, less cliched thing, it really was two guys like with absolutely nothing and no one right. starting out. And now we have this, you know, very successful gym that's yeah. only growing. And that is, yes, it's because of all the tangible things. Like we have awesome coaches. Our training has become, in my opinion, very much better refined over the years. So we, we do, we do provide a good fitness service, but you know, the the message that originally was put out there was who we are, why we do it, and we, we hammered that in there. Absolutely. And if you get into this game of like we're better at coaching, we're better at teaching, we have better workouts, that's an extremely convoluted type of messaging space and you're never gonna win that. Right. Because it's all gonna people people all view things through their own different lens. If they see a video of somebody doing heavy squats, one person might be like, that fires me up. I want to do that. Another person might be like, I don't want to do that. I'm mm -hmm. not trying to get big. Right. You know? <laughs> so there has to be something more meaningful than just showing people doing squats. Right. Yeah. That, that whole become more thing, you know, when we came up with that, I don't even think we kind of realized the impact that it had or just the purpose of it. But over the years, it's just, it's just really like, shown me like where we're going and it's just like no matter who you are no matter what you do you have personal goals and we're going to be the place where you can reach those personal mm -hmm. goals um you know we've talked about it before when you're marketing on specifics like weight loss or you know um you know pure strength or anything like that then you give people a tangible a tangible result to compare their experience against. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like if, if you're the place that's marketing, you know, fat loss, well, that person comes in, if they don't lose 10 pounds in the first two months or whatever, they're going to be like, what the hell? You know, my expectation was this. Well, I'm not getting there. So now I'm going to lose trust in you and go elsewhere. Yeah. And it's like I had a girl try one of my classes on Monday night. She was nice. She moved well. And she asked me after the class, how long until I'm doing that? And mm -hmm. she pointed to like one of the stronger members. Mm -hmm. And I told her flat out like a very long time. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, that's not going to happen for you anytime soon. Like mm -hmm. I was like, you are very naturally athletic. You move well. I think your curve is going to be a lot shorter than the average person, but a while. Like, yeah. And she didn't like that answer. I could tell, but 
that's not the expectation I wanted to set her coming in being like three months right. you're going to be squatting 225. Yeah. It's like, no, you're not. So I, you know, if that's the, if that's her shopping mentality and she wants to join a place that's like X, X date till you see Y results. I don't, I don't want to do that. Right. I want you to be here because you're stoked about your personal improvement and, you know, starting your journey and getting great results and joining a community and being part of something that's just not some run of the mill gym. Right. So that, that type of interaction is, is where we focus everything. It's a microcosm of that. So, you know, had you told her, oh yeah, you know, six months, you'll be killing it. You'll be doing that stuff. Well, six months later when she's not doing that, she, we we failed. We failed. When she could be doing very well. Yes, she could be doing very well, but she set her expectations at a much higher level. So, you know, maybe that girl doesn't join. Maybe she goes somewhere else where they tell her that, you know, oh, yeah, you'll be able to do that much quicker. Um, when she fails there, she'll look at us and be like, that was the place that told me the truth, that gave me realistic explana- expectations. She may come back. She may not. But she at least views us as the place that, you know, gave her truthful advice. Right. Yeah, so, and I, I just think that, like, you know, when we when we first opened, it was this idea of being not being like every other gym that was right. out there. I remember we even like talked about not wanting to even call ourselves a gym, <laughs> <I know. laughs> and um, this was before like box was popular. Right. But um, you know, I'm I'm kind of an asshole when it comes to like looking at gyms because I think that there's way wor- there's the number of crappy gyms greatly outweigh the number of good gyms. Yep. So. That I do believe, and when you start to look at, when you start to look at it from that perspective, you start to see, okay, where can I do a better job of where these gyms are missing? Yep. I know many gyms that have great trainers, great coaches, great programming, but they have no idea how to scale that and make it palatable for a large population of people. Right. And if you're able to take a look at what market that you're in and see, okay, you know, why is the average person not going to a gym like, like mine? What is it that is turning them off? What is it that that could possibly draw them in here? But where are they, where, like, why are they not joining and be able to really exploit the shit out of that? Right. So it's like, you know, for us, for example, once our primary competition was CrossFit, you know, we were never like we're going after CrossFitters. Yeah. That is their space, people who, who do fitness to compete and who want to seek out CrossFit. Yep. Awesome. Like, that's yours. Yep. However, there's a lot of people that want to do intense Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, kettlebells, all the stuff that is rolled into the CrossFit style programming, but they don't want to do it because they perceive it as this place of bro style, max intensity, whether it is that or it isn't that, that's the perception. Right. That's the perception. So once we kind of discovered that we exploited it and said, how can we make this more, like I said, more palatable for somebody who wants to do it, but is intimidated by the process. Yeah. And it was nothing to do against competing with our like quote competitors. It was competing against a a philosophy of a mindset. And so bringing a, you know, show, relating to people how they think and you know what their barrier to entry is with a style of workout and breaking that down so that they see your gym as the place where they can access that. Right. So yeah, you, you know uh 
you know, we, we worked with a guy um, who was starting a gym around San Diego, and he shot, he shot me an email as he was getting some stuff set up, and he was like, hey, so, like, I'm ready to kind of move forward with really growing. Like, like how, do, how do I get started? And I, I went back, and I looked at his website, and I just kind of analyzed it, and the, there was just one massive thing missing before he could even, like, start to grow and market his gym is like he had no identity like you look at his website and it was just like general fitness 101 it was like there's no there's no spark there's no um human element of it it was just like another gym so i was like i was like go back to thinking about why you started a gym think about what you wanted to provide to the industry and like figure out like who you are, who, who you are as a gym right? and put that all over your website, you know, make that known why you are a gym and why somebody should come to you versus one of the many other options they have. Do you ever watch the show, the profit? Oh yeah. That's like one of my favorite shows. Love it. It's crazy how much you can learn from that. Yeah. I was watching the new episode two nights ago and Marcus Limonis was Investing in a candy shop. Marcus Lemonis. Sounds like an yeah. NBA star. Yeah. He was investing in a candy shop, and the chocolate was like the best chocolate he had ever tasted in his life. He's That's like, awesome. I own candy stores. Like, I have candy business. This is the best chocolate I've ever had. Why are you guys not killing it? Yeah. So he kind of like dove deep into it, and he started to feel like he started to discover like, okay, this is really cool. This is a family business. The sister was called Zoe's Chocolate. The sister was the main owner. The two brothers worked in the business. And the dad got laid off of his chocolate-making job. He was like a chocolatier. Chocolatier, yeah. And uh, he got laid off and was unemployed for a while. So they started the business so that he could have a job into his you know, senior years. And so he was now the chocolate maker for this company and like producing all this amazing chocolate. And, like, that was nowhere on any of anything. Like, no but no customers knew that story. No mm-hmm. customers knew it was a family business. So Marcus Limonis was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. Like, why are you not promoting this? And yeah. his sister was so adamant against doing it. Really? She's like, I don't want to embarrass my dad. I don't want to make him the face of the company. And he was just kind of like, with all due respect, like, you're in this you're not a nonprofit. Like you have an obligation to make money at this stage in the game. You guys are all living on one paycheck. Like you need to make, you need to like let people know this so that they can feel attachment to your brand and like get this out there. Like this is a great story on why you're in business. Yeah. And they did that. And you know, the end they killed it like among other changes, of course, but the rallying cry became like, this family owned company and this dad that makes this amazing chocolate who the bigger chocolate companies like cast away and like that's a layer like how could you not use that like that makes you feel like you you know you need to create a feeling about your gym yeah. or business or whatever you're talking about to where people want to be attracted to that you know we we've uh we've had some episodes where we've kind of talked about like the hero's journey and like the david versus goliath shit and, which like, has been our thing since yeah, we've opened and still is still is and it's like i don't think that we you know when we started we never had this information of like oh, let's be like the underdog in this journey. It's like that just came naturally because that's what we ended up being. But like, you know, nowadays, like you can craft your message to to that and like just find out, you know, look internally and find out what that journey is for you and your gym and create that like underdog story around it. Like 
super easy nowadays. Yeah, and like to to be honest with you, if you don't have that, I I think you're going to be in trouble long term. Yep. Like you have to discover that whole reason. I I don't know the episode, but we did this whole we did this whole reasoning on wh- on why this stuff matters. Right. Um, it was like finding your why, something like that. And it was uh, I forget which company since I. We didn't really prepare for this episode. <laughs> I forget which company. Like anytime they do something, they ask why three times. Yeah, I know we mentioned it back in that episode. Do you have it up? I'm looking. Anyways, can't really. So see it was it. like you're gonna do this. Why? Oh, when do you have episode 14? How to differentiate your gym on why? Okay, so that was one year ago, yep. August 15th, 2016, and it was, um, you know, you ask why three times. It was three or five. I forget the number. You know, I want to do this. Why? Yep. You give that answer. Why? You give that answer. Ask why again. So mm-hmm. ultimately you have it whittled down to like, oh shit, this is why I did this. Right. And then you take that and that's your marketing. Yep. So, so much of fitness now is, is very similar. There's CrossFit, there's functional fitness, strength and conditioning, there's boot camps, there's, you know, orange theory, which is high intensity. There's all this high intense natured exercise and it's incredibly challenging to market your difference because unless you can convince someone to sit down and read an exercise about the physiological benefits of squatting versus distance running, which no one's going to do, mm-hmm. that's a marketing battle that you're going to lose. Right. So you have to discover your your purpose, why you're in business, what makes you different from an operational perspective, and just hammer the shit out of that. So I hope this applies, but you know, think about somebody that you have had a long-term friendship with you're less likely to go, you know, ditch that person or screw them over and like go be friends with, you know, the cool kids down the block. If you've had a good relationship and you've, you know, built that long-term relationship, it's kind of the same thing. It's like a new gym might come in and they're like the shiny new object that we've talked about before. Um, You know, they're supposedly the new health craze and it's like way better than all the other stuff, which is always ends up being bullshit. But you get those people that, you know, they're interested in that shiny new object. Well, if you have built that relationship that goes deeper than just having a gym that they go work out in, that person is way less likely to want to go try that new shiny object because you've built that that relationship and you've established that kind of long-term, you know, feeling with them, if you will. Yeah, that's an amazing point and a really good analogy. And you know, I'd be lying if I said that was easy for us now. You yeah. know, it was at up to about 500 members, I think. And, you know, where we're at now, we have more members and two locations. So the, the challenge and like that, that deeper connection now falls on our coaching staff. Yeah. Being able to, it's one of the things that we just constantly preach to our coaches and that we're constantly driving home is establish those relationships, develop those connections, ask people's names, get to know people in your class more than just, I'm here to coach you here to work out. Yep. And, you know, that is a huge point of focus for us moving forward as far as how we're able to fight off people who might come in and use the message that we used six years ago against us now. Yep. Hey, smaller classes, work out with the owners one-on-one, mm-hmm. all that stuff that we can no longer use as a market differentiator. So now what are ours? Right. So that becomes our next kind of question as we, you know, the purpose of this podcast is, you know, one of these new boot camps um, is looking like it's going to open up two doors down from us. And okay, so we have like direct competitors who are clearly have clearly picked that spot to leech off of a bigger gym, right? More established gym. 
So how do we fight that off? Yeah, and you know, just thinking about the last six months, maybe there's been what three gyms that have come into like our space, if you will. Yeah, there's one across the street. I yeah. poked my head in today. It's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like you know, as you become bigger and more successful, I think the competition is only going to get harder because if people see that you're doing well, they think, okay, I can come in and you know take a little bit of their market a little bit of their market share and then develop our own brand over here too so i think as you get bigger and as you grow you're gonna have to start thinking about competition and kind of your strategy to to combat that more and more yeah and i think you know my my, my knee-jerk reaction to it is you 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 just double down on what you do on, and, and why and you do you it are, yeah. and, and ha you know if you start to see somebody if you start to pay attention to them you start to react to what your competition is doing, you lose your DNA super quickly. Very quickly. And I think it's just a bad look, a bad, bad look to be like reacting mm -hmm. to the market. That might sound crazy, but it makes you seem as if you're kind of a lost business. Yep. If you're constantly making changes based on what's happening around you rather than being like the steadfast rock that is the only one not moving. Yep. I think there's so much to be said for that, which is why we both were just like, Oh, really? Yeah. When like that gym used to talk shit on us. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's funny, like we, we created this podcast where we're helping gyms and, um, we're giving them advice based on our strategies. And it's like, we have direct competitors that listen to this podcast and they try and take a lot of our stuff, but we are the ones creating it. And I think people see that, that we're the ones that aren't moving and other people are trying to mold around us. So what the market does is they look at us and they're like, those are the guys leading the way. I think that just kind of reinforces our brand. Yeah, and I also think it's completely unrealistic to think that you're never going to lose people to competition. Yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges, and I know we've fallen in this trap in years past, is you get feedback from somebody that leaves your gym to go to a competitor and you think like, holy fuck, I have to change this so that this doesn't happen yep. again. As opposed to just being like, hey, great, good luck. Like, sorry, we weren't a fit for you. Yep. Realizing that 640 people every month choose your business. Right. Where this one person <laughs> might not have. And humans are as such where we freak out about <laughs> right. it. So it's like, you know, not just understanding that it's part of the game. Like losing people to competition is part of the game. Getting people from a competitor is also part of the game. And if you have a good message and you have something that people can relate to and that, you know, speaks to people on an emotional level, then I think you're that that's how you fight off all forms of competition. Yeah. I love what you said. You know, when you, when the competition gets tougher, double down on who you are and it's like, you know, this new competition moving it, moving into the area, that's kind of what we're doing. We're like, okay, like let's make sure that, you know, we have everything in place and that we're continuing to portray the message and the relation, build the relationships with our members and the coaches and like make sure that we haven't lost any of that rather than just changing and doing this to combat that. It's just we're taking a look at what we're doing and making sure that we're staying directly on course. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's kind of been our dynamic with how we've always handled like our our direct competition over the years is let them exist. We'll exist. We'll continue to do our thing that we feel extremely confident about. We feel that we'll get the people who are suited for our business and that we want to be in business with. And rather than, you know, speak out of both sides of your mouth where on one side you're saying, I want to get this person, but you're really kind of like also trying to get that person. Yeah. It, 
you can't do that. Right. So it's just, you know, under understanding who you want at your gym and, and, and being the place for those people. I also think that when you're focusing your energy on other gyms and your competitors that you lose the time and the effort that you can focus on just making your own gym better. So it's like, if you're, you know, worried about these people and you're constantly analyzing what they're doing, then, you know, you're no longer developing your own strategy and your own message further. So it's, you're just kind of at a standstill. Yeah. You just, you start to lose your, your vision pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, I wanted a couple of things of advice, um, for people. Number one, I loved, and I still love this. Uh, it was Gio Rockwell that brought up the idea of like going to check out other gyms and just like seeing what, when you walk into a place, testing it out and seeing what like gives you that good vibe and, and not that you need to like take all these other gyms and like, you know, steal their stuff or anything, but just like get out there, try other gyms, see what makes you feel good about them and, and start to realize why people are going to these gyms. I think you can make your, your brand a lot stronger, your relationships a lot stronger. Um, another thing I just read, I was, or I was watching a video and this is geared specifically to CrossFit gyms. There's all these CrossFit forums and communities for people to get advice on all this other stuff. And it's like, if you're constantly getting advice from other CrossFit gyms, your, your big circle is just staying pretty much the same. It's like, you know, you each gym. Also, most CrossFit gyms are wildly average. Yes. So maybe don't get advice from those people. Also true. But if every, if all these CrossFit people are just giving each other advice and everybody's, you know, trying to do the same thing, well, one gym might be a little bit better because they may do, you know, something a little bit better. And then another gym is going to do something else a little bit better. But everybody's basically staying in that one circle. Whereas if you start getting advice from other styles of gyms or other um, types of, business coaches or, or whatever, you start to expand what you're capable of doing. And I thought I, I took that video to heart because, um, I thought that was just great advice. Like I've, I've hopped on some CrossFit forums and they just all spit out like the exact same device advice. Um, so then you end up with all these CrossFit gyms that are the exact same and that's how you kind of lose out on, on market share. I would also take that a step further. Like some of the most inspirational ideas that I have gotten with our business have come from not even fitness, not even gyms, like just other types of businesses, whether it's like walking into a coffee shop or a retail store or a show about a candy shop. Yeah, exactly. It's like getting outside of your, of your niche and of your linear thinking and, and thinking about how you can be disruptive by taking practices from other industries altogether. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's just, I think the people that are going to be successful have a view of competition that's a much more macro view. Mm-hmm. That is, it's not me versus you, um, which would be micro. It, it's it's my philosophy versus your entire way of thinking. Yep. And I think once you start to think about it from that perspective, you start to be able to really realize how you can be a disruptor in the space, really realize how you can start to reach customers who otherwise would not be reached and turn them into like, rabid fucking believers in what you're doing yeah and when you start to get into these little you know petty my gym versus your gym not only is it a bad look but as we've already talked about it's an impossible message from a fitness perspective you will never win and you're just going down in the mud where you'll just stay muddy the whole time yeah i remember um you know when that local gym was talking shit about us i remember one of their members ended up coming over after 
it wasn't like right away it was after a year or something and they finally came over and they were they were like oh yeah they used to talk shit about you guys all the time and i was like really and they were like yeah people didn't they didn't respect that like their own members looked at that as like okay like this is kind of shady for you guys just to talk shit on another gym like that it lost their trust in them so it's just a bad move yeah like I love going the total opposite direction that like, I don't even like mentioning your name. Yeah. Like how Bill Parcells would refuse to call Terrell Owens by his name. He would just call him like the player. Like, I just like that stuff so much more of like, Oh, who like, yeah. Oh, them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really pay attention to them. Yeah. Like, you're, like you're fucking beneath me. Right. Like that's like the way that I look at it. Yeah. And like whether or not that's true, I don't care. Right. But I have to have that mentality and edge in order to, be able to have tunnel vision for what we're doing and right. be able to have tunnel vision for the message that we're trying to build. Like, I don't care what someone else is doing right. because it's probably the same as what the next person's doing. And like, we want to be different. Yep. So good stuff. Um, you have anything else on this? No, it's a little shorter one. I like it. Yeah. Half an hour. Yep. Um, cool guys. Well, that's it. Uh, go to the business of lifting weights.com. The nice mouthful of a website. Um, check out all the content we have on there. We have all of our podcasts. We have articles. We have some resources. As far as how we can help, um, there's been a growing number of gyms who've reached out and scheduled visits out here and yeah, some consultation really cool type stuff, which has been uh, unexpected, but nice. So if you guys need help, holler. And uh, please, if you would, give us a five-star review with the podcast. Share it with people who it might help. All right, guys. See you next time. Later.